Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. We haven't talked about worship as a family, as a community in a while, and so we're, we knew this, we had an opening this today to just dive in more, and so I really want to talk about our culture of worship, and Obviously, we're going to actually even probably quote Nathan's sermon some um, because it was so good, such biblically based. But um, yeah, we just we have this flavor and this culture here, right? And and culture really is that it's like the set um, uh, beliefs, these common beliefs that we all carry together, and so it's really unique to us. And we really want to take some time. And the best way to do that is to pull up some Thrive leaders and some women that are really heavily involved in worship and that live a life of worship. So we're just going to have a conversation this morning. I'm going to prompt them with some questions and uh, we just, yeah, dive into worship. And there will be an assignment at the end for you guys, so pay attention. But that's really our heart, too, is to really just challenge us as a group um, I think even this morning, worship, it's like a community thing, right? We get to come together and sing out, how great is our God? So we're going to dive in, um, tell some stories, like stories actually set culture. So we're going to have these guys tell stories and jump in. Yeah. Not long ones. <laughs> Sorry? Not long stories. Not long stories. Yeah. We won't, we won't go over we got an eye on the time. Okay. So first question, we're going to just kind of go through the why, what, how, when, and dive into why. Like, why do we spend our first 30 minutes together worshiping? Like, why? So, yeah, I'm going to start with that. Um, you know, specifically on a Sunday, we we have Sarah will prep, and there's, you know, a set, and there's different songs. It's not like we open a hymnal and we sing the same three, three songs every week. So, Sarah, first question, dive in here. Why why do we spend time together? Like, why do we pull a team and, and worship together? And, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's something so powerful, right, about people mm-hmm. coming together. It doesn't matter what it's about, but there's something powerful in it. It's like when we come, it's this testimony of like, yes, this is happening in my life. And then you get to see what's happening in someone else's life. And that builds a community. But yeah. also there's just this faith that gets like stirred because you're like, hey, I'm not alone. I'm not mm-hmm. alone. And... So, um, as far as Sundays, you know, obviously, like, we're coming because we're worshiping the Lord, and hopefully that's something we're doing um, throughout the week, and it doesn't always have to be music, but when we come on a Sunday, like, when I'm thinking of a Sunday, it's like, what do we want to sing together? Mm -hmm. How can we join our hearts in what's happening already in our body? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of just the second question on that, too, is... Why, not, why don't we just kind of turn on a video and play a song? Like, why do we kind of do live worship? Why, why is it that we, we yeah, gather together and sing? Um, I feel like those are all great. Like, it, we could turn on a song mm-hmm. and sing it, but there's something very unique about each one of us, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's really important to sing the song that God has given us to sing and not just to copy what everybody else is doing, but there's something amazing about bringing your sacrifice, what you mm-hmm. have to give mm-hmm. to the Lord, because he's worthy of more than just uh, a regurgitation of yeah. what's already been done. Mm-hmm. So I love thinking about our community as something you know, that God has formed in fashion and unique, you know, we're mm-hmm. a body globally, 
but we each have a different role to play, and I feel like an expression of that uniqueness in worship is really important. Yeah. Okay, Adrian, your turn. Why not just worship before you come in your prayer closet? Um, you know, we should be worshiping mm-hmm. in our prayer closet is one thing. Um, we should be like taking time to worship alone. But um, I mean, you know, it's been said pretty much the same thing. Like, yeah, like coming together, like we're all going through different things. And some of us are in the highest points of our life and some are in the lowest points of our lives. And so we can be like when when one person's voice feels weak in a time of worship, another's can be strong and it can lift you higher. And so that is why God called us. I mean, mainly too, like God called us to corporate worship. Um, the angels are singing together in heaven. Like they're not alone singing, they're together and they're singing hallelujah. Um, and so that's something that he's called us to yeah. as well. Awesome. Okay, yeah. And and now just to even kind of pull in Nathan, Nathan talked about this, Romans 12, 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Right? We know this. This is this. We worship. Nathan talked a lot about this, which was great. And body, mind, and spirit. Right? We know the spirit is that. I loved how we talked about this river, and it flows. And sometimes that river was dry and kind of thin. And then sometimes the river was like wide, and it was deep, and we're we're in it. So so how guys? Like how how do we do this on a Sunday morning? Like how do we set our eyes and our vision on Jesus? Yeah. So uh, I'm like trying to focus because there's so many. Um, for me, on as I like, I'm going through the week, and I think about Sundays, right? I'll try to get closer to the mic, right, Derry? Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a shift in me. Before it was like, okay, we're coming, we're singing songs, but my heart, like, I didn't know fully how to engage in worship, right? Because it's so easy to just come and sing. But something the Lord was doing was there's a song called On the Altar, mm. and it's like, I'm putting myself on the altar. All I am is yours, basically. And when I started to come like that, instead of what can you do for me, you know, what can I get out of worship, it was like, here I am. Just here I am. Mm-hmm. And so sing, or thinking through like a Sunday and just the, in the week, you know, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want to do as, as a body? What do you want to do as a body? Because when we come into your presence, when we step out and say, here I am, Lord, and we're open, he is more than willing to pour out his presence. He is more than willing to, you know, pour out the Holy Spirit in whatever we're doing. And so, you know, that's just kind of how I'm asking, you know, what do you want to do on a Sunday? And then we kind of, he's got something that he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was clear as mud, but. No, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, and I, I love this thought of like, anyone can get up, Sarah, and like play chords and lead a song, right? But it's really the Holy Spirit that's actually yeah. leading and, you know, you're making space for that. We're going to, we're going to talk about that well, more, but. It's the, yeah. it's a rhema word. So the Lord yeah. has these words, you know, we can read the word anytime, but there's, it's called a rhema word. When you breathe on that moment, mm-hmm. there's something specific and it brings things to life. So that's what we're asking. That's what we're waiting sometimes is like, Lord, what do you, what's the rhema word for right now? Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's something he wants to do right now. I don't know, just to even pull in this morning. I don't know if you guys could feel that. Like even when Ryan got up and he's like, he rains down his goodness. There was just this like, it wasn't, none of that was planned, you guys. None of that was scripted. It was, it's the Holy Spirit, right? And it was just when then Karen shared and it, it was it was active it was alive and yes that's great also there's this A.W. Tozer quote that is is awesome it says a church that can't worship 
must be entertained. And men who can't lead a church to worship must provide the entertainment. Isn't that tough? So, like, you know, it is, it's, it's really, really more about encounter than entertainment. Okay, Jess, I'm going to toss it up to you. You got a story for us, don't you? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah? <clears throat> so, Do refocus you... me, because I'm, like, okay, yeah. I'm, like, so in that, yeah. a church that doesn't worship yeah. has to be entertained. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, really more about, you know, it just, you know, being in the room, that yeah. it's your own gift oh, to yeah, Lord, yeah, that yeah. you, uh-huh. you know, you don't have to, you get to. You yes. are not entertaining. Uh-huh. You you get to yeah. worship. So, there's yeah. something so important about the posture that we come before the mm-hmm. Lord with, because, I mean, if we really think about it, we have that moment where we realize, Lord, I want you to be Lord of my life. You take that into worship, and you just, there's something about getting low before the Lord. I want you to be low. I want to be, I want you to be Lord of my life, and getting low, that posture. Oh, I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. There's something about worship that's really amazing. I want to read this um, verse, because this is a story. The Lord is kind of taking me deeper in my own Approach to mm-hmm. worship because I've been worshiping the Lord for a long time and it's one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I'm with you guys or by myself, I love to worship the Lord. And um, he was kind of teaching me, <laughs> you know, he's so good at pruning, right? Mm-hmm. He just kind of cuts off things that don't belong and to help you grow. And I was in one of those moments. It was so good because I was like hungry for the Lord, but he was also kind of turning my attention a little bit. So there's this um, story in the Bible about Mary pouring oil at Jesus' feet, right? And it says the whole room filled with the fragrance Mm -hmm. of the perfume. And I feel like when we worship the Lord, there's something in that story that kind of fits because the whole room fills with the presence of the Lord. And his presence has a perfume quality to it, right? It kind of it, it spreads out. It moves. Like you can, it'll move across the room. And um, I don't know about you, but when I experience that, I kind of get caught in awe. And sometimes I can start watching. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, mm-hmm. this is really cool. Oh my gosh, that person is so in his presence right now. I just watch <laughs> them, you know? And um, the Lord. I was listening to this message from Bill Johnson. He was talking about this story about Mary and the room filling with perfume and how we sometimes we can just watch and think that we're contributing to mm-hmm. it, which maybe, I guess, if we're in the room, yeah, but there's a deeper level that we can go, and we can actually bring our own perfume to pour out yeah, and let it mix with everything else in the room, yeah. and it, it I mean, increase. Let it increase before the Lord. Bring our sacrifice to the Lord, too, instead of just watching somebody else and then walking away thinking, wow, that was really cool. I mean, we have such an opportunity to go deeper with the Lord and to bring him something that only we can bring. Nobody else can bring the offering that you can to the Mm -hmm. Lord, and nobody else can do it for you. You get to choose. It's a get to, Mm -hmm. not a have to. And I think coming that way in corporate worship with that thought in your heart, like I get to put mine on the altar too with everybody else and watch what God's going to do. And even if he does nothing, isn't he worthy of that offering? Mm-hmm. Amen. That's worship. Our culture. Our culture. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And Adrian, you're going to add some too. Just I, I know I watched Adrian come in with her kids and, you know, newborn and balance and everything and, and health issues and comes in and she just is like, 
present before the Lord. Like I just sobbing to see the Lord honor. So I just I want to. I'd love to hear your stories. Like share. How do you do it? <laughs> um, oh, I, I was already emotional uh-huh. in worship. So, <laughs> um, but anyways, I um, you know something I was actually just thinking about this morning. You know it. Well, first I'll say what I do is I definitely am not focused in the car. We are, we have a crying child, possibly two, you know, and a lot of you are in this season that I'm in. A lot of you have been in this season. Um, but it is hard. Um, we're hurrying, you know, we end up a little late. Um, but when I get here, something that like, I focus my mind on and it's easy sometimes because the songs are already doing it for me, but it's like, wow, God is so big. Mm-hmm. Like, even if my circumstance is tough, mm-hmm. God is so big. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally on the way here, you know, you, you see the trees, you have people walking around, and they're all individuals, and they were all created mm-hmm. from basically nothing. And it's just like, he is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times, you know, it, it can be easy to let our circumstances dictate our praise, but that is not what God calls us to do, right? And so coming in, it's like to to remind myself of who God is. That's kind of like the instant thing. Okay, God, you are big. You are worthy. And then it's just singing that to him, you know? And I think like something that God reminded me of today while I was holding, you know, Eden and with Judah there and, you know, something that I feel really called to as well is like being an example of praise and what that looks like to worship, you know, in front of my children Mm -hmm. um, and to give them an example of what it looks like to give my all to God, Mm -hmm. even because they're going to know even more so, you know, what's going on at home, right? But if we can come and, and, and that's not just for parents. Like Eden's looking around and she's seeing, you know, everybody today I saw her raise her hand and like, it's cause she saw someone else. She was looking behind, you know, and it's like they are seeing us and they are learning. And so, yeah, I just encourage you guys with that as well. I know Wimber always said more is caught than taught, you know, and it is, it's, you, even up here, these guys, their posture and the way they lead, and it's just, you can see that they're encountering the Lord, you know? And so, yeah, I love it. But it's a fight sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. you guys, yeah, it's a crazy fight. So it's good. Yeah. That's, again, the power of everyone coming together all of a sudden. It shifts mm-hmm. into, like, you know, who he is. Yeah. Something, too, is that, uh-huh. um, just real quick, is something that helped me when I would come in, because worship can feel so, like, you know, it's so big or whatever. And just to kind of bring my heart into alignment is um, is to ask the question, you know, A, turning my eyes towards him. So, you know, how you can think of a pink elephant right now. So you're thinking of a pink elephant, yes? So I picture, you know, the Lord, the throne. And, that's, and then I tell him who he is. And that's just helpful for me because it's hard to engage sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, that's right, you're a comforter. You are the protector. And that's how my heart starts to engage easy, easier mm-hmm. than just like, I'm so overwhelmed with you know everything. It's like, no, I'm going to turn my eyes to you, and I'm going to tell you who you are to me. So. That's good. Yeah, and, and just, you know, to be like vulnerable. We don't always have it together up here. You know, there might be days where like, this is rough, and it feels rough, and, you know, it might seem like, you know, it's just this holy moment, but, you know, it's there is a reality of just, Again, like setting our eyes on Jesus, coming in, knowing we're going to worship and we're going to receive and we're going to connect and we're going to encounter. So it's good. Any other on the house? Should we move on? Okay, next next we're going to we just want to talk about like that worship, living the life of worship. Again, like beyond these four walls, like 
you hear that phrase a lot, but what does living a life of worship mean? I think all these guys do it way beyond these four walls too. So um, I love Psalm 34, 9 says, worship opens the door to his goodness. And uh, again, we, we, I felt that this morning, right? Like we, when even mine's like, he rains down his goodness. You know, you can come into singing how great is our God, but then something takes hold in your heart and you're like, there's his goodness, right? Karen shared that he's good even when times are hard. So I think worship does that. Um, and one more Tozer quote that will be a zinger. Um, it says, if you're not worshiping God on Monday the way you did the day before, perhaps you're not worshiping him at all. <laughs> I know, right? That's a zinger. Um, so Sarah, how do you create a distant environment or a life of worship outside of church? Um, right, I love that I'm going first every time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because you have the mic over there. Say it, <laughs> say it one more time. So yeah, how, just how do you how do you create an environment of worship outside? Well, I would say that it's it's not a musical thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of times that's what we think, and you know, so my heart is sitting with the Lord outside, you know, and just just being mm-hmm. with the Lord. Even if it's quiet and I don't hear him right away or anything, but my heart is engaged. Again, I, I, I'm telling you that on the altar, every time I go, okay, on the altar, here I am. Mm-hmm. It's all of a sudden, all my questions, all my concerns, anything that I have, you know, that I'm expecting God is laid down. And then I'm just open to that. What happens though is that when God and you are in a relationship, and you're hearing God, you're connecting with him, you can't help but worship, Mm -hmm. which is throughout the day, oh, God, thank you. I see your hand on that. That's worship. You know, oh, I'm, you know, encouraged by somebody around me. Oh, Lord, that's so good. You know, anytime it's putting eyes back on him, it's worship, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just being very aware of that. And, you know, again, we go through all these hard things, and because of my story and going through some really hard things, I had a lot of like inner healing just by talking to him. Mm-hmm. And he walked me through it. So I developed that relationship. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of where, um, when you're just talking with him, yeah. it just comes out. You can't mm-hmm. help. It's right. so good. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, don't. like you're saying, not compartmentalizing it, like this is my Sunday morning worship and this is whatever. It's just an everyday kind of thing. Yeah. But you do have to think about it. Mm. You do have to set your mind to do it. But when you realize who he is and who he is in your life, it becomes easier mm-hmm. to actually think about him. Mm-hmm. Right? It's good. So. All right, Jess, you want to share next? We're kind of going to line or do we pop oh, it? I'm going to go. Let's do it. Pop it. You got the mic. Go for it. Yeah. Same, same question. You guys are going to kind of, you know, how do you cultivate a life of worship outside the church and yeah, so I, I felt like led to share a story of just my younger years. Um, there was a year where God really called me. You know, He calls us to give ten percent of our finances, right, as an off or as a tithes. Um, but there was a year where I really felt like God was saying, like, give me ten percent of each day, um, and the beginning, like the first fruits. So it was the first bit of my day, and 
10% of 24 hours is like two and some change, right? Mm-hmm. Two hours and some change. So every day, and this was definitely when I was much younger, I was like 22 because <laughs> I could not give that to him now. But, you know, there was a, a season of my life where that's what he was calling and that's what he was asking of me. And that season was the sweetest time. <laughs> like I, I, I always like, I was living in an RV at the time and I always like say that it felt like he was my roommate. Like it literally, like we were just so, um, together that it just felt like he was living literally with me because I was alone there and um, and I just like felt just this like I had to set a timer because if I didn't I would go over because it would just it would just become so deeply like you know in the space and time with him that I would I would forget like how, how much time had passed which sounds wild because now if I were to say I'm going to spend 20 minutes with God I would be like looking at my phone sometimes, you know, it's, it's crazy how our seasons can change. And so I think something that like, you know, I have had to ask myself is like, God, what, what does, how do you want me to worship you in this season? Like, what does that look like? Cause he might ask one thing of us one in one season of our lives and he might ask something of us, you know, in this season. And so like for me now with kids, like it does look different. I'm definitely not spending two hours and some change with him every morning, but I, you know, I think, something really sweet now in the season is like I'm getting to learn how to worship with my children and um you know Eden she's such a that's my daughter she's almost three she'll be three in October but she um she does this thing every time she sees like a stage so it could be like a sewer thing or a rock or anything that's high up she stands on it and she's like mommy worship and she mm-hmm. sings Jesus love, loves me with her like loudest mm-hmm. voice and you know I think like literally in those moments I'm like you're right and I'm just like saying out loud like Jesus you are good you are awesome you know just saying these things but it's like true and you know these like this is just an example of how we can live out worship you know in in different ways you know and and yeah and, and God calls us to be like children and it does like we can learn so much from the way that they do it it's just like anytime anywhere any place like he he can be worshiped um and so like yeah yeah Hi, Jess, and, and you, you've got a full-time job, and you lead worship, and you do Tuesday nights. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, how do you walk in Monday morning and, and keep it going? And, oh, yeah. man. Um, I think for me, worship is more of an overflow than anything mm-hmm. else. I think for me, the whole point is to know the Lord. Um, that's really the reason why we're on the earth breathing is to be a friend of the Mm -hmm. Lord and why he made us, why he created us was so that he could have a family. And um, so I think uh, to really focus my eyes on I want to know the Lord, out of that worship automatically flows because once I get to know something about the Lord, it just causes me to stand in awe. It causes me to be thankful like Sarah was saying, like, oh man, God, that's who you are. Um, and so I think just stirring up hunger to know him, it can kind of be scary a little bit at first. Be like, oh, I don't, this is kind of odd, this is strange, or I just don't know how to do this. But um, I think the more that you purpose in your heart to know him and you actually make a choice to go after it and you ask him, Lord, help me be hungry for it, he just kind of stirs that up. And then once you see him, our response is to worship. You know, we're made in the image of the Lord, right? He said he made us in his image. Um, and our God is not a dead, um, crusty God. 
He's living. He's active. He's, I mean, uh, he's mind-blowing. He's majestic. And he responds to us, and he made us to respond to him. Mm -hmm. So if you get to know him, your heart will respond. Mm -hmm. And I think once you get to know him, you find yourself responding even without realizing it. Like, I'll be sitting at my desk. I had this awareness this week, actually, where all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, I have a song going through my spirit, and I didn't even know it. It was repeating over and over and over, and I was worshiping him without knowing it, Mm -hmm. you know? And then it hit my brain, and I'm like, man, you really are all about relationship. This is what you want. You want my spirit to be engaged with you all the time. He does it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and that just kind of leads us to our, our fourth, you know, part is really your guys' assignment. And you really don't, you don't worship what you don't know. I love that we have this Bible, we have scripture that are just, it's full, right? It is full of just this encounter with God, of details of who he is. And so, um, you know, that's really our our, our challenge. Um, Matthew 26, I'm sorry, 28, 16, and the message version says, meanwhile, the eleven disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus had set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. Some, though, held back, not sure about worship, about risking themselves totally. And I just, we just want to encourage you guys to risk yourselves totally for worship. Risk yourselves totally. It is our culture here at Thrive. We are just worshipers, and it's this unabandoned. We've had prophetic word of even just like you know, about our rows that we are going to worship unabandonedly and that's going to, you know, who we are. And so, um, yeah. So do you guys, any last encouragement, you know, as we kind of wrap up any encouragement assignment, you know, that you guys want to, even as Sarah, you're leading, like, is there anything like you want to challenge people to do? And well, I want to be realistic about it that, um, to hear like, Oh, well, how do I know? that I have a relationship with God or how, like, I don't hear God in that way or I don't know. Like, I dealt with so much unbelief, like people would say, you know, my mom would always say, well, ask the Lord, ask the Lord. I'm like, come on, mom, just tell me what to do. You know? Um, and so, but there was a point in my life where the Lord kept, I, I did hear, I kept hearing this um, verse because I would say, Lord, you know, I don't know if I'm hearing you, blah, blah, blah. And this James 1, uh, 5, 5 would always come and it says, if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get this help and you won't be condescended when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. People who worry their pray- prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't, you th- uh, don't think you're going to get anything from the Master that way, adrift at sea, always keeping your options open. So that part of that was, for me, it was the doubt. I kept doubting that God was speaking. And so if you're with somebody, if I'm in a relationship with you and I'm always questioning what you're saying, do you think we're going to be like connected? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. No. But when you go, you know what? I'm going to trust that if I'm off, you're going to let me know. But I'm going to believe that you said this. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all the junk that got in the way of worship, you know, prayers, all of that just stopped. Because I was like, no, I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. I'm not going to doubt. Mm -hmm. And my friend says, doubt plays dirty. And it really Mm -hmm. does. It's the very thing that will get in the way of the relationship. So for me, my assignment has really nothing to do with worship itself as far as that. 
but it's actually in believing that you can hear God. Mm-hmm. Because if you can hear God, worship will flow. Yeah. yeah. That's and so that's my assignment is stop doubting. <laughs> Knock it off. You know, when you, when you come in and you see somebody and you hear like this thing, this phrase, you go, you know what? I'm not going to doubt. I'm not going to be and Lord, you cover it if I'm crazy and you can say, hey, I might be crazy, but I I got this sense for you or mm-hmm. I feel like God's in the room. He's speaking to me. That little thing that goes in, oh, that's not you. That, or that's just you. No, stop it. Mm-hmm. It's you, Lord. I'm going to worship. You know, yes, whatever. Good. Good. Yeah. I feel like as a church, that's right. what we could, you know, really kick to the curb as a group. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Any, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, something that uh, one of Harm's mentors um, kind of taught him and what he does is he, this is my assignment to you guys because basically is to um, wake up and just preach the gospel to yourself every day. <laughs> um, I, I think it's such a powerful thing because it's so easy to be like, oh, I believe in Jesus. But when we don't remember, we're not actively remembering what he did for us, it um, it can be hard. Like if our mind is not actually, like you know what she's saying earlier about the pink elephant, like if you picture it, if you say it, then you can picture it. Like it, that's kind of what, like, if you preach the gospel to yourself, then you begin, it becomes real to you for that day. And then for the next day, if you do it every day. And then when you come into a place of worship, you know, it, it's Jesus is like exciting and real. And you're reminded of what he did for you. And he is, you know, he is very much worthy of all of it, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like, yeah, that's something that I try to do. Um, even if it's like just, I, I can tell my kids out loud. You can just say it to yourself in the mirror. But like, yeah, like Jesus, he he came. He was perfect. He was a perfect man. And he, he died for me. He sacrificed everything so that I could have a relationship with God. And that like becomes more and more real every day as we do it. But yeah, that would be my like, I guess, assignment. Because then I hope that we can all come in here and then we'll be more like ready to just worship him together you know I think mine would be to encourage you guys that um, he loves you so much Mm -hmm. that the worth of each one of your lives is more than we can possibly imagine Um, like Adrian was saying he gave it all Mm -hmm. for each one of us Mm -hmm. and so um, I guess I would say when you come into this room, having that awareness of how valuable you are to him and what each one of you brings. There's not one person in this room that their offering is more important mm-hmm. to the Lord. Not one. Mm-hmm. He loves every single one of you. And if each one of you were to bring something to him, I mean, what better gift could mm-hmm. we give him? So... I think just to encourage you guys to remember that invitation that you can bring oil to. Mm-hmm. You can bring it. And it's just as valuable as what everybody else is bringing. He looks at you and sees your offering. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. mm. How great is our God? 